Greg Kelly. The latest breaking news and opinions. Entertaining and informative. Hey, quick heads up, all right, in case anyone has forgotten, in the hysteria and promotion and shoving it down our throat that anyone who wants to change their gender is somehow special, is somehow better, is somehow, I don't know, more of greater value than old-fashioned folks who were born a woman and stayed that way or born a man and stayed that way. That transgenderism, its root is gender dysphoria. And that is a disorder, and I want people who have it to be cared for and treated, okay, whatever it takes. Uh, I don't want it. I, I think, I think, quite frankly, if you have it, uh, it can be discussed and dealt with after the age of 18. Children, hang in there. It gets better, I'm told. And it does, by the way, no matter what you're going through as a kid. What am I getting at? All right, gender dysphoria, person in a man's body who wants to be a woman, or a person in a woman's body who wants to be a man, that is a disorder. It is a psychiatric disorder. You can look it up. The American Psychiatric Association has said so for, what, a 100 years? Until yesterday, okay? Until eight seconds ago. Where gender dis... It, it, it is not... Not, a, not is it a disorder. It is, it is, it is a, a gift. gift. It's the most wonderful thing. No, it's still a disorder, all right? It's still... And by the way, people who switch genders... Should not have elevated status, should not have elevated levels of protections. If anything, they probably need a bit more scrutiny. Just a quick reminder that people are people. Uh, There are some bad men in the world, bad women in the world, and yes, bad transgender individuals in the world. Did you hear about the case in Brooklyn? Wow. Oh, and also, whatever happened to uh, life in prison without the possibility of parole? Without the possibility of parole, it seems so quaint now. It's uh, that's not even. No one will talk about that anymore. No, 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 no. Well, why, why, why do I bring this up? Serial killer, eighty-three years old, eyed in case of dismembered body found in Brooklyn. Now, this is this is wild. This is I thought the strange but true category. Okay, but still, I didn't know. If, I I I didn't accept that it was true. This is well. Let's go. Are you ready? An 83-year-old serial killer who spent the bulk of her life behind bars for killing two ex-girlfriends is being eyed in the murder of another woman whose dismembered body turned up in Brooklyn last week. This, according to the New York Post, Harvey Marcelin, who identifies as a transgender woman, was charged last week with concealment of a human corpse after she was allegedly caught on surveillance video dumping human remains near her apartment, according to sources and court records. A search warrant turned up a human head in Marceline's home in Cypress Hills, according to a criminal complaint. And sources said cops also recovered electric saws she bought at Home Depot. The grisly case unfolded last week when the torso of Susan Layden, 68, was recovered from an abandoned shopping cart at the corner of Pennsylvania and Atlantic Avenues. Less than a block from Marceline's apartment. Can you think of anything more grim? Really? Here's a picture I know you can't see. Harvey, uh, well, Harvey looks like she came from another planet. Sorry. A few days later, Layden's leg was discovered a few blocks north, sources said, adding that her arm is still missing. 
the twice convicted killer, twice convicted killer, could face fresh murder charges in Layden's death, authorities said, adding to her already disturbing criminal history. And here we go. The octogenarian spent more than 50 years in state prison on murder and manslaughter convictions dating to 1963. The rap stemmed from the April 18, 1963 shooting death of her live-in girlfriend, a woman named Jacqueline Bonds, inside the couple's Manhattan apartment. Wow, 1963. Now, Marceline snapped, shooting Bond three times when she was leaving her, sources said. Marceline was sentenced to 20 years to life that same year, but was freed on lifetime parole in May of 1984. All right, 19, that's 21 years, and sentenced to life, but 21 years, okay? That doesn't seem very long at all, quite frankly. What was 21 years ago? 2001, I figured it out, 2001. I remember 2001 quite vividly. I know things that I had for lunch on certain days in 2001. 21 years ago, kill somebody, 21 years in jail, and then you're out? No. You know what? This makes people think death penalty all over again. It really does. Uh, it makes me think that way a little bit. Death penalty. We'll talk. We'll talk. But let me continue here. Uh, the killer was free for less than a year before she was busted again for fatally stabbing another live-in girlfriend, stuffing her body into a bag she dumped on the street near Central Park. She was convicted of first-degree murder in that case in 1986. And sentenced to a 6 to 12 year prison term. 6 to 12 years. (laughs) Manslaughter. First degree manslaughter. What is the difference between first degree manslaughter and, and, and murder? Manslaughter. I slaughtered the man. I did not kill him. I don't get it. Uh, I've always been a little puzzled by manslaughter. Marceline was denied parole several times, sources said, and admitted at one hearing that she had a, quote, a problem with women. Yeah. Um, she was released, however, from the upstate Cayuga Correctional Facility in late 2019. Just in time for the fun and frolic of COVID and Black Lives Matter in the summer of 2020. Oh, here comes this uh, two, two-time murderer, transsexual, Harvey. Uh, Mr. Marcelin, Miss Marcelin, I'm sorry, um... Latest alleged slaying, it was seen on surveillance video. Uh, Layden, the woman, was seen on surveillance video entering Marceline's Pennsylvania Avenue apartment on February 27th. Oh, gosh, you want to please don't. What what was she doing with this guy? Wheeling a multicolored bag with a flower decal on it, according to the criminal complaint. That was the last time she was seen alive, prosecutors said. Three days later, the camera allegedly captured Marceline wheeling the same bag out of the building. The next day, a human torso was discovered inside the bag. Upon review of the video evidence, the original female, Jane Doe, never exists, never exits the residence. Marceline is being held without bail. (laughs) Now without bail, you think? At Rikers Island, and her next date in court is next Thursday. Uh, A week from today, I think. Official said she is not expected to appear in court. The Brooklyn DA's office said the case remains under investigation. Just a little reminder here. Everything transgender isn't beautiful. All right. 
I quite I would like to think of gender as an irrelevant thing. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, nor do I spend a lot of time thinking about anyone else's orientation. If you were to come over to my house, say, for a dinner party, which now that COVID is over, we like to do that from time to time. We have people from all walks of life, been doing it for a long time. My wife organizes these things. And you know what Never, almost never comes up is an individual's orientation and or um, their genitals. Uh, those things you just do, you talk about sports, you talk about politics, you talk about you know, somebody may mention they have a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a spouse or whatever, but uh, it's not like, tell me about, you know, what your preferences are. We never run through the pronouns with anybody. Sooner or later, someone's going to file a complaint with the Human Rights Commission, I believe. All right. Ukraine. It's getting worse. Uh, hey, look, I don't want anything to do with it. But, but, maybe it's time. Maybe we got to do this. What do you think, America? I don't like stupid wars. I don't like going 6,000 miles away to invade a sovereign country that did not harm us in any way. I'm speaking of Iraq. And not finding weapons of mass destruction. But everybody was okay with that one because it was George W. And you had to, you had to get the terrorists there. So they don't get us here. Did you believe that crap? I know a lot of people who fell for it. And the fact that that man was reelected is a disgrace. That is a disgrace. Now, putting that aside, we went all the way around the world to invade a country that <laughs> posed us absolutely no threat. Yet we just watch the slaughter that's happening in Ukraine. Now, my preference would be for this thing, please, I, uh, I don't want, I don't want to get involved. That's our, we don't want to get involved. We want them to work this out. It shouldn't have happened, and may, and you know what? It wouldn't have happened if Trump were in there. And I told you yesterday, no one's talking about this, but you can look it up. There is a silly, um, uh, compact that we signed with Ukraine back in November. Well, what's silly about it? It's good that we're working with our partners and allies. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes these diplomats talk too much. You know, they they look for things to do. They look, quite frankly, for trouble to make. Maybe they didn't think they were causing trouble, but they did. So they put out this unnecessary document. The, part, the strategic partnership between America and Ukraine, and we will work together. We believe in the sovereignty of Ukraine. We believe we want to facilitate uh, their interests, be it joining NATO or whatever. We said all this stuff in a document. And guess who got really mad? Putin. He watched it. Now, I keep getting, I keep hearing it from all sides. I know we're on Ukraine's side. We don't like Russia. But... We didn't have to provoke Russia, and it looks like we had a big hand in causing this. Everybody seems to accept. I mean, it makes common sense, logical, that if Trump were there, this wouldn't be happening. The polls back that up. Um, the weakness of Joe Biden, everybody seems to understand that Putin has taken advantage of this moment because we lost disastrously in Afghanistan and Putin. Uh, Biden's a pushover. So this document, you can look it up. I put it up on my Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA. Um, let me run this by you. 
Trump shortly after he was elected president in 2016. People start calling him up. And Trump is, you know, he's, he's a citizen. He's a citizen patriot. He's not a deep stater. He's not. And the phone rings and it's from these world leaders. They're like, hello, yeah, can you believe it? I won the thing. Isn't that amazing? So tell me about yourself. What's going on over there? Well, one of the people who called was the leader of Taiwan. Wanted to have a Trump uh, a conversation with the president-elect. Anything wrong with that? No. The deep state went nuts. The deep state went nuts. You're not supposed to do that. It could offend the Chinese. Oh, this guy is such an amateur. He doesn't know what he's doing. How dare he do something like that? He put us all at risk. Being friendly to Taiwan put us at risk, they said, from China. And even put Taiwan at risk. That's how sensitive. That's how Byzantine their rules are. So by that standard, Joe Biden... Tony Blinken, uh, who's that other dweeb? Jake Sullivan. They all screwed this up because you know they fill these little slots, and you got to email, you got to have meetings, you got to do something when you're in the State Department. I think the State Department forgot how to do things for four years. You know what they did? They held their nose because it was Trump. They spent all their time being horrified that it was Trump. They organized uh, walkouts, they signed those dopey petitions, and they just let the world know that we are not with this guy. Isn't that that something? All right, what else is going on? Uh, Is there Ukraine fatigue yet? There might be a little bit, you know, all these videos and people kind of like, okay, well, now what, now what, now what? I don't know. I don't know what that means. I'm looking at the videos and thinking maybe we should, because you know what? If we don't get involved, uh, who does this incentivize? We're not getting involved because Russia has nuclear weapons, right? We don't want to get into a fight with Russia because they have nuclear weapons. Hmm. So if you're watching all this unfold, let's say you're Iran. Doesn't that incentivize you all the more to get nuclear weapons? The message is, if you're a nuclear power... You can invade the country next door, and we'll we'll give you a pass. I think North Korea, North Korea is very intrigued with the developments. Oops! All right, uh, give me a moment. I will be right back. Give me a call. If what's the number again? Eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. Eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Hi. Um, <laughs> if you want a country to pay attention to you, if you want to get the, the world's attention, you don't speak like Joe Biden. Uh, he's got to do something. He's got to. <laughs> this is this is how you telegraph weakness. Are you ready? All right, Joe. How is it done, Joe? Exactly. Let me let me. Joe, cut 23, please. I'm not so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. Wow. How's that for deterrence, huh? (laughs) It's an engraved invitation. He's not a leader. He's not a businessman. And he's not honest. Now, I just went off on George W. Bush for a a moment or two. Uh, I have no regard for that guy. But you know what? His old man was okay. George H.W. Bush. And remember when Iraq invaded Kuwait? Huh? Now, Kuwait was not a member of NATO. 
But, you know, we still defended it big time, big time. And we let the world know how we felt. Cut 22. Our objectives in the Persian Gulf are clear. Our goals defined and familiar. Iraq must withdraw from Kuwait completely, immediately, and without condition. All right. Kuwait's legitimate government must be restored. The security and stability of the Persian Gulf must be assured, and American citizens abroad must be protected. Damn! He's on fire. But (laughs) that guy was good. Head of the Central Intelligence Agency, war hero, successful businessman. Meanwhile, (laughs) Joe knows absolutely nothing about anything. But boy, oh boy, was he good at bragging or what? Cut 24, please. I'm going to say something self-serving. I'm supposed to know an awful lot about foreign policy. I've known every major world leader in the last 40 years. I've had a lot of experience internationally. And uh, I mean, not the good or bad, just I have. I've chaired the Foreign Relations Committee. I've been deeply involved. One thing, I've been dealing with world leaders a long, long time. By the way, I've travel the world. I've met with all the major world leaders, and I'm going to continue to meet with them. Look, most important thing dealing with foreign leaders, in my experience, and I've dealt with an awful lot of them over my career, is just know the other guy. Know the other guy. Always bragging, 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 yelling about it. Well, the last guy he was talking about was Putin. But the problem is the other guy gets to know you, and Putin got to know Joe. And in the sequence that I played on my show last night, Putin is staring right at Joe Biden in the video. What do you think he sees? He thinks he's a guy he can take. He sees a guy he can outmaneuver. He sees a guy, all that staff, Secretary Blinken, they're just trying to get through the day. They have no strategic impulse right here or bandwidth. They can't. they got to prop up Joe no matter what. That's all they can do. Bill is on the phone uh, from Jersey. Yes, Bill. Hey, I just want to, first of all, Greg, last night on Newsmax, when you were talking about how the Ukraine people are being looked at, in my opinion, a lot they're being mistreated because why? They're white and Christian. And you, you watch some of this mainstream media, there's no outpouring, outpouring of uh, some form of uh, backing of them, not at all. And yet every weekend in our country, young people get slaughtered in cities, and none of these Democratic leaders come to their defense. They want just more money, more money. They don't defend these children. And yet we see what's going on in Ukraine because they're white and Christian. This is my my belief, and I think it's yours also. They're not, they're not being backed at all. Well, well, what I said last night, um, number one, look, I have to. I think you meant Russian when you said Ukrainian. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of mainstream media attention on what's happening in Ukraine, and there's universal outrage about the slaughter of the Ukrainian people. What I pointed out, and I, 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 I join in that. I don't want to see that, all right? I, I don't necessarily trust everything I'm seeing, but I don't want to see that. What I pointed out last night is um, there are Russian people in America who has who have absolutely nothing to do with this stuff who are taking the heat. All right. They're being discriminated against. They're being uh, mocked. They're being uh, harassed. Even like restaurants, Russian restaurants around town are getting all kinds of nasty calls. People are canceling on them. People are protesting. 
And I think I actually have a little sequence of that. Uh, uh, um, I'll get back to it later. But that's what I was getting at. And, oh, by the way, why aren't they being stuck up for? Well, you mentioned it. Because they happen to be white. Now, I did notice in the aftermath of 9-11, appropriately so, George W. Bush made it clear our problem is not with Islam. It's with uh, Osama bin Laden. Okay? Our problem was not with uh, Chinese people during COVID. It was with the Chinese leadership. But here I notice we don't hear any type message for the Russians. It's not about the Russians. It's about Putin, the Kremlin, and those uh, miserable idiots who came up with this thing. Thank you, Bill. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Welcome back. Hey, Daylight Savings is Sunday, Saturday into Sunday. What is it? Spring ahead, fall back. Spring ahead. Set the clocks. Well, you don't. nobody sets any clocks anymore. They already... They do it on their own, except your watch, if you wear a watch. And uh, you notice that most millennials don't wear watches, although the iWatch is kind of big, the Apple Watch, kind of big. Um, anyway, we're, it's going to stay lighter, lighter. That's great. Spring is right around the corner. That's beautiful. Oh, and that means you know what's coming? Kids, summer camp. Who went to summer camp? I was. I went twice. I went to Boy Scout camp for two weeks, uh, one summer. It was pretty cool. I learned how to water ski. I learned uh, advanced swimming. I actually became a scout lifeguard. And I also remember the one of the uh, troop leaders, whatever, taking us out. And he had a telescope. And looking at the moon with a telescope, I had never done that before. Looking at the stars. And then you can look at Jupiter. This changed my life. I thought it was amazing. You know, you look up in the sky, you see a star. Is it a star? Is it a planet? I don't know. It's just bright up there. Well, there's a difference. A planet is revolving around the sun just like we are, and there are nine of them. And you want to know how you can know that? You know, hey, Kevin, seriously, do you know all the planets? Uh, I haven't done that in a long time. Last do, time I've had to do that was in high school. Do you know the trick? No, I don't know the trick. Uh, so the trick is, there's a sentence. It's, my very educated mother just showed us nine planets. My, Mercury, very Venus educated Earth, Mother Mars, just uh, Jupiter showed Saturn, us Uranus, nine Neptune, planets Pluto. Eh, not bad. My very educated mother just showed us nine planets. I learned that at Boy Scout camp, and then we took the telescope and we pointed it at uh, Jupiter. And guess what? You can see through a pretty ordinary telescope. The planets of Jupiter, I'm not sorry, not the planets, the um, the moons, the moons of Jupiter, the satellites. Jupiter has like 10 moons. Well, at night, you can see some of them with a telescope. And if you watch long enough, you can actually see movement. It's incredible. It's just, it's just wild. It's all magnificent. And uh, so I like camp, learned how to do some amazing things. And, oh, so camp is coming up. Did you know there's a gay camp for gay kids? Well, I don't like gay camp. I don't like it. I like summer camp. I think any kid, no matter what the hell's going on in their head or in their loins or whatever's going on, wants to learn about uh, 
Jupiter, don't you? Isn't that kind of beyond orientation? Goodness gracious, we're going to... And who the hell knows exactly what's going... I know some people know when they're six. But I don't think everybody has it all figured out. Anyway, camp wasn't for... Look, I like girls, liked girls, but, you know, I mean, there were no girls at the camp. It was... We don't talk about that stuff. But anyway, this is... You know who Pete Buttigieg is, right? He's the, He might be the next vice president. You know they want to get rid of Kamala. And she made another ridiculous display in Poland today, giggling her head off and just being weird and just, oh, They want her out. They really do. Jill Biden doesn't like her. Joe Biden doesn't like her. Nobody likes her. They want her gone. The media really don't like her. Uh, nobody likes her. And she is not having a good time. So she may be pushed out somehow, some way. I think it's still going to happen. And they want Pete Buttigieg. Well, Pete Buttigieg shouldn't be Treasury Secretary. He shouldn't be Vice President. Why? Because he's a, um, uh, what the hell is he? He's a former two-term mayor of Nowheresville, Indiana. Literally, that's his claim to fame. Well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, what, why, is he, why is he famous? Why is he Secretary of Treasury? Well, the media fell in love with him because he happens to be gay. Now, I don't care. Do you really? Is that? Would you put that on your resume? Would anybody put that on? Can I put on my resume that I am heterosexual? Can I? Is it implied? Is that part of the patriarchy here? Is that is that it? Oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is his husband you're about to hear from. And I think that whatever he's doing here with children might be borderline illegal, if not outright illegal. He's running some sort of or participating in some sort of gay summer camp. By the way, gay kids, straight kids, I love everybody. I do. I just don't think camp is the place to explore sexuality, heterosexuality, homosexuality, whatever. That's where you water ski and you study the stars and you learn how to tie knots. Okay, can't we have anything that's just a little bit simple and classic? Is that okay? No. <laughs> All right, uh, listen to this. This is, again, uh, Chastin Boot Edge Edge. Now, why is he important? Well, when Pete was running, it was all about Chastin. Oh, my gosh, look at Chastin. Chastin is a social media superstar. Chastin is a jerk, and here's why. All right, I pledge my heart. To the rainbow. To the rainbow. Of the not so typical gay camp. Of the not so typical gay camp. One camp. One camp. Full of pride. Full of pride. Indivisible. Indivisible. With affirmation and equal rights for all. With affirmation and equal rights for all. Watch your heads. Somebody grab that stupid rainbow flag and Goodness gracious, he's saying that crap with kids around. I watched the video. Some kids look like they're eight years old talking about sexuality with some creepy 34-year-old. What the hell's that all about? Pledge allegiance to the rainbow flag? <laughs> I just... We're investigating the uh, the origin of this and what, what that was all about. But it's right there. I know what Chastin looks like. I know it's him. He's waving that rainbow flag and a bunch of kids and goodness gracious. You know, you know what would make people scoff? Pete Buttigieg's friends, 
people on the well, I know some conservatives on the Upper West Side. What's a liberal bastion? I don't know if there is. I, I you know what? I'm, 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 I don't want to define people by the neighborhood they live in. But anyway, there are a lot of people who would look askance if that were the American flag, and they did the good old pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. What the hell perverted crap was that? May I hear it one more time, please? This is, again, this is not nobody. This guy might just be, (laughs) if the hard left get their way, Pete Buttigieg will be president of the United States within the next six years. Go ahead. All right. I pledge my heart. 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 To the rainbow. To the rainbow. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. One camp. All right. Somebody call the cops on that pervert. He doesn't belong there. And I'll tell you what. Chastin to me, he shouldn't be at gay camp. You know where that guy should be? Fat camp. I think that's still a thing. Hey, by the way, I need to go myself. I've been, I have struggled with my weight on and off. I'm doing better because of the skinny center. But boy, oh boy, it's, (sighs) yeah. And summer season is coming. Whatever happened to fat camp? Whatever happened to water skiing camp and archery and uh, arts and crafts? What else do you do at, 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 at camp? What else was fun? What else did we do? Um, water balloon fights. I kind of remember that. Uh, what else? Oh, I learned how to play tennis a little bit. It wasn't even a fancy camp. What do you think, Tommy? Do you pledge allegiance to the rain? No, of course you don't. Hello, Tommy. What's up? Uh, Tommy Tommy from uh, Westchester. Tommy? Hello? Oh, shoot. Yeah, Are you there? Brett. Wait, which? Brett, do you hear me? Who? Brett from New York. And oh, I was actually yeah. calling about the situation in Ukraine. I hope that's not a problem. Uh, all right. What's, what's up? It is? No, no. What do you got? Okay. I wanted to ask you about, you know, Tucker Carlson's busy saying that um, if, um, Zelensky makes a deal with Putin, then the war is going to stop. And basically what Putin wants is that Ukraine shouldn't join NATO. And that's the only reason why he invaded Ukraine. Do you think that that's why he invaded because he's afraid of having a NATO member right next to him? Or was that just an excuse? My sense is, sir, that, uh, it was one of a litany of reasons. If you listen to Putin's speech from two weeks ago, there was all kinds of stuff. Basically, they said the same country joining NATO. I don't think they were afraid. Oh, my gosh, they may join NATO. We have to invade. I think it was um, an aggravating factor, and they did not like the flirtation that was taking place. I think it's going to take a lot more than a commitment to not join NATO because that was on the table before this thing started. I mean, everybody understood. Ukraine ain't joining NATO anytime soon yet they still invaded um yeah hey brett you said i have a hint of an accent there where are you from are you from over there no not exactly what do you mean uh, by that i'm not from ukraine no, i'm not from russia i'm what do you uh, but do you do you think that if this war continues and you know you, do you you think ukraine has any chance of winning i don't i don't think they do 
I think uh, it'd be better if they make a deal. I don't see them having any chance. Well, listen, I would love there for there to be a deal, and I actually predict there will be a deal by the end of next week because nobody's winning here. Nobody. And I predict there will be. Come on, Brett. What do you mean not exactly? So where are you from? Oh, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> Originally. From were, you bor- were you born there? Yes. All right. I mean, you got to admit, you have a slight accent. All right. Um, that's fine with me. That's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine with me too. I just I'm fascinated by where people come from. Every now and then, I ask people where they're from, and they half the time it's like, oh, what what's wrong with you? Is it is it the way? Why are you asking me? So I didn't mean anything by it. But uh, all right, Brett, listen, I'm not um, I'm not an expert on the region. I am not. I've been to the region, and I've been to war, and I do know this: war is to be avoided at all costs. Must be done only when it's absolutely necessary. And I think that Mr. Putin is recognizing that that right now, big time. Thank you. I have to do one other thing here. Let's get to the other Tommy in Brooklyn. No, no. Let's go to uh, what's this person's name? Rosley. Rosley in somewhere in New York. Yes. Hi. 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 I'm Greg. I love your show. I just wanted to ask you if you could uh, talk about the non-payment of well, my tax return for 2020 has not. I have not received it. And I'm wondering if other people that are listening to the program are in the same boat as I am. I mean, here is AOC who uh, received, she got. I'm sorry, wait, you didn't get your, uh, your what do you call it, your rebate? You didn't get your money yet? No, no, my my tax return, that my money that I they owe me, I did not get for 2020. And I, the IRS is not calling back. Of course, they, you, they don't answer the phone. And, did you uh, go online? What? Did you go online? Did you go online? I think you go online, all you see is 21. Uh, There's a way to go. Uh, How much money do they owe you, may I ask? 700. Well, you should get that money. Um, Did you go to A&R Blockhead? No, I went to a different accountant, and they they can't. uh, They said everyone is late, but I can't believe This is very late, 2020. You should have had this. uh, You should have had this a long time ago. Look, I wish I could help. I can't. Uh, I got a great accountant, um, uh, but you got an accountant as well. I don't know what to tell you here. Anybody have any ideas? No. Uh, Rosalie, I'm sorry. Um, anything else? Illegal aliens. They, they, he's got money for them, and I didn't get my tax return. All right. Rosalie, I mean, let's hold on. I mean, I know you should have gotten it, but it could have been just a bureaucratic snafu. Right? What to do? Well, I, yeah, let's Google it. Shall we Google it? Let's Google it. What do you do if you don't get your pay? Can somebody Google this with me? What do you do if you don't get your check back? So you called the IRS and nobody picks up? No, I called. It's hours. You don't, no one picks up. Nobody at all? Nope. Oh, no. Nope. All right, wait a second. What do you do if you don't get your check from the IRS. Let's see what they say. Um, if you no longer have access to a copy of the check, call the IRS toll-free. Let me know if you have this number. 800-829-1040. Hey, that's that's pretty that's good marketing. 800-829-1040. And then you can go to um, irs.gov. Topic number 161. Do you have a computer? Yes. 
All right. Well, there's plenty of stuff online about what to do. And you know what? It's strangely enough. It does not say. Let me see here. Uh, do not staple. It says nothing about calling WABC radio. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Look, I wish I could help more, but I think there's information here for you. All right. Good luck. Uh, let me know. Hey, if worse comes to worse, all right, call me. UABC. We'll talk to Rudy Giuliani, huh? Uh, no, 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 no. I want you to get your money again. <laughs> if, <laughs> if Rudy gets involved, they'll be like, bottom of the deck, bottom of the stack. They won't, cause, Because why? The swamp doesn't like him. Why? Because he has their number. He knows I'm a big fan of Rudy, as you know, all right? He's a lightning rod, so they may not, it may not, but maybe, maybe we can find the person who can help you. But I really would like it, Rosalie, if you pursue this, all right? Because, uh, you know, poor Irene is still waiting on that Bible that I promised to send her, which I already did, by the way. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. 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 Is it time? It's time. All right. I mean, I hope that was good advice. I don't, I mean, what else, uh, what else? uh, It sounded like she got that number for the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah, she wrote it down. All right. Thank you. I'll be right back. This is the Greg Kelly Show. I was telling you about Kamala Harris in Poland. Uh, She really should stay home. She really, this is not her, this is not her thing, being on the world stage. So they ask her a very serious question at some point about refugees, and uh, she kind of loses it. Let me see what happens here. Cut 39, please. Is the United States willing to make a specific allocation for Ukrainian refugees? And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay, so this time. All right. So now she laughs inappropriately. She laughed a little bit too long. But I saw it on TV, actually, and it was somewhat funny. I hate it when I have to do this, when I have to defend Kamala Harris. Although she laughed too much. She laughed too much. So it was like they both looked at each other like neither one wanted to answer that tough question. You know, they're like, you take it. I don't want to take it. You take it. So that's what she was getting at. But the (laughs) uh, went on too long. And then I think she, um, what else did she say? Uh, Give me cut uh, uh, 30... Is this, is this, are these interesting? Let me see. Cut 38, please. I can tell you that the issue facing the Ukrainian people and our allies in the eastern flank is something that occupies one of our highest priorities in terms of paying attention to the needs, understanding it is a dynamic situation and requires us to be nimble and to be swift. I mentioned being swift in terms of accountability and consequence. We also fully appreciate we must be swift in terms of providing assistance where we can be helpful. Oh, wow. And we will continue to do that. This is so profound. It takes her forever to say, not that much. All right, well, I'm done with her. On to something that happened just a few moments ago. And actually, look, credit to Fox News's. Peter Ducey, son of Steve. Steve is on the Fox and Friends show. Peter Ducey is their White House correspondent. 
We haven't seen anything like this. Um, he's like a he's like a he's like a Sam Donaldson, but good. <laughs> he's like Dan Rather on the right side. Cut forty, please. You guys are pushing electric vehicles today. This is a president who always talks about the power of our example. Mm-hmm. Does he own an electric vehicle? Presidents of the United States don't do a lot of driving. He's posted videos where he's revving the engine of his Corvette in Wilmington. He owns cars. And he also has driven electric vehicles as president, as, as to give a model to the rest of the country. Does he own one? I think the president's record on this is clear, Peter. Presidents of the United States, current, and when they are no longer, typically are not doing a lot of driving. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Does he own one? Well, he should by now. He's got 50 freaking million dollars in the bank. Thank you very much. Hunter, thank you very much. Burisma, thank you very much. China. Woo-hoo! Let's see what else happened here. Cut 41. Inflation goes up today. The president's statement blames the Putin price hike. Are you guys just going to start blaming Putin for everything? <laughs> Until the midterms? Well, we've seen the price of gas go up at least 75 cents <laughs> since President Putin lined up troops on the border of Ukraine. And, and last month, the statement didn't mention. It mentioned inflation because of the pandemic. Why is that? Well, Peter, last year, last two years, there was a pan- global pandemic. Everyone who's a uh, global economist have all agreed that that has been the biggest contributor to date of inflation because of the impact on the supply chain. Obviously, global events impact the economy, the global economy, as well as global inflation. And the uh, price hikes as a result that have escalated over the course of time of President Putin's further invasion of uh, the... All right, we can stop now. I can't... She's obviously just doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. She's (laughs) filling time. That was great. Oh, that was great. This guy and his electric cars and buy electric and Pete Boot. Does he own an electric car? If he wanted one, he could have gotten one. What do we have? We have the Tesla. We've got the Volt. We've got all these. Uh, they're all over the place, and he doesn't have one. And he's right. Revving his Corvette there in Wilmington. And oh, that's good. That's good. How much time do I have? Mm. All right, Marianne from Philly. I think I know what you're going to say. What's up? Okay. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good. What's going on? Okay. Uh, last night, uh, the New York, New York Times reporter was on Project Veritas, got a video and audio from Laura Ingram's show, yeah. you know, The Last Fight. Yeah. And he, re- he said how much him and others from New York Times enjoyed going to the, the January 6th rally. Yeah, I saw that. And it's awesome. Project Veritas, they do amazing stuff. Sometimes they, they 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 aim and miss, but this time they totally nailed it. It's fascinating. Uh, James O'Keefe is a controversial guy, and he's onto something. It's a great big hoax, that thing. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. This is how a loser wimp handles world affairs. Joe Biden, two weeks before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. How did he how did he lay it on the table? What did he say? Did he give him an ultimatum? 
Not quite. Cut 23. I'm not so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. Wow. I guess my guess is he will. He's got to do something. Otherwise, he's going to have egg on his face. Did Joe Biden want this for some reason? Sometimes I think he may have wanted this. Maybe he did. Huh. Wrote that he signed a ridiculous document in November. The new Ukraine-America strategic partnership. Oh, they were so, they were so impressed with it, actually. Uh, Here's Tony Blinken. Last November, saying something that really, really, excuse me, pissed off Vladimir Putin. Cut 26. The United States' commitment to Ukraine's independence, sovereignty, territorial integrity is ironclad. Uh, And that's something that I said again to Dimitro today. It's a position that will not change. We stand with Ukraine. We continue to support de-escalation in the region uh, and diplomatic resolution to the conflict in eastern Ukraine. Uh, The updated U.S.-Ukraine Charter on Strategic Partnership uh, that the foreign minister and I uh, signed today affirms the United States' unwavering commitment to Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity. Sounds great, right? Um, Not if you're Vladimir Putin. Now, I don't want to kiss Putin's uh, you-know-what. I'm not about making him happy. But I'm not also about picking unnecessary fights. And that's what the United States may have helped Ukraine do here. I don't know. But now that it's happened, we have nothing from Biden. You know what we probably need? Maybe a little dose of George H.W. Bush. H.W. Bush, as in Bush 41. Cut 22. Our objectives in the Persian Gulf are clear. Our goals defined and familiar. Iraq must withdraw from Kuwait completely, immediately, and without condition. Kuwait's legitimate government must be restored. The security and stability of the Persian Gulf must be assured, and American citizens abroad must be protected. All right. That's leadership, huh? Fast forward 32 years. Joe Biden, 23. I'm not so sure he has uh, (laughs) certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. Has to do something. He's got to do something. Well, what do we have to do right now? Now, we can't. We have totally inept leadership. They are just, they're running scared. Um, I think Joe is compromised. We know that. Three and a half millions from the Russians, $3 million from Burisma to the Biden family. That's, um, (laughs) it just, do you think he's working on our behalf or Hunter's behalf? I mean, I don't think... I don't think he can see straight, this guy. He's compromised. He's got his little wealth cocoon. He ain't thinking about us. That is obvious. If he were thinking about us, he'd at least try to be what he presented himself during the campaign. To be a middle-of-the-road guy who was going to unite the country and tone things down. Instead, what does he try to do? He tries to out-liberal FDR. He tries to 
He's friends with AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That's the heart and soul of the Democrat Party. Some lady you were sitting on the subway with three years ago is now running the country. Hey, you know what? By the way, I kind of like that about America, that you can go from, uh, you know, zero to hero in about eight seconds here. Um, But she's no hero, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I actually like it that she was a bartender and she, hey, anybody can run for Congress. And anybody can win. I mean, look at some of the people we got. Um, oh, I have to point this out, if you don't mind. You, pro- Stephanie Grisham, did we do this yesterday? I don't think we did. Stephanie Grisham was the communications director under George, I'm sorry, Donald Trump. Big job. Never got to do a briefing because, well, she didn't sound so good. I think she had a bit of a drinking problem, all kinds of issues with her. Nevertheless, she had a major, major job, and uh, she blew it. And now... What does she do? She turns on Trump, and then she virtue signals like hell. Look, she turned on Trump, wrote a nasty book about him, and now she's dragging her kid into it. Now, first of all, the swamp, the media elite, they'll never forgive anybody for associating with Trump. Never. You know, what's her name? She, she says Trump is the worst person in the world. Oh, my God. What was I thinking? I never could have associated with it. And she was saying that almost a year ago now. And they give her no, no room, no latitude. If you start giving in, if you start waffling, if you start apologizing, this is how the left treats you. Cut 29. I have to ask, why did it take um, an insurrection to get you to quit? It's a great, fair question. Um, I, so, what did, excuse me, what did you believe in? His policies? Because you know he was a sexist, misogynist. You heard the, the tapes the about tape, grabbing yep. women and I, all that. I sure did. So, come in and treat our country, hopefully, like a business. But you know he's a fake businessman. I learned that. Well, she knows I it did, now. I didn't. <laughs> but you must have known at some point. Sorry well, to interrogate saying, you. No, that, you can interrogate that, me that, you, that you screwed up. I did well, screw yeah, but, up. I don't right. understand how it takes two impeachments for someone to say, man, maybe I'm on the wrong team here. Wow. huh? Somebody said he's a fake businessman. What the hell does that mean, fake businessman? He's a businessman. Guy redesigned the the, the, the skyline of New York City. He's a public figure. Look it up. He is a billionaire. He's not a fake billionaire. And by the way, you should read that book, Art of the Deal. It is fantastic. And he speaks to you like he's, you know, a buddy, like a friend. And he's letting you in on the secrets, by the way. That, you know, like anybody else, he loves a bargain and he wanted to get things for cheap, for less. You know, quite frankly, a little trickery that he used along the way. It's all in there. And it's great. It looks you're learning lessons from a from a friend. By the way, I saw Trump do a podcast with, you know, three dudes. What was that? The, those wrestling guys? The milk. Bo- Who are they? What? The Nelk Boys. They are very popular for doing podcasts in the community. What the wrestling community, right? Yeah, I don't understand you guys in the wrestling, to be honest. But uh, let's face it, Trump was totally in with these guys, right? I mean, they were so cool. The guys were cool. Trump was cool. On the surface, he has nothing in common, but he immediately connects with those guys. They like him. He likes them. It's a very loose conversation. Do we have anything from that where he talks about his favorite music and everything? It's really good. Do me a favor, find that if you don't mind. The YMCA part, but that's another reason why the swamp hates Trump. He genuinely likes people, and the swamp hates people. <laughs> you think you think Barack Obama likes people? You think he bought that compound in, um, where is it, Martha's Vineyard, because he likes people? Donald Trump 
has he could live anywhere. Where does he spend half of his time? At a hotel surrounded by people. I don't like people that much, quite frankly. I don't want to be surrounded on a Saturday. He's surrounded by people. Although he loves people. He's a people person. And Obama, he literally, he literally stuck his nose up in the air. You can look at he literally holds his nose at people. All right, back to Stephanie Grisham. You heard the the abuse they just gave her. Anyway, they let her take a breath, and now she apologizes for everything. And look who she brings in the picture. Listen to this. Cut uh, 30, please. He started saying the quiet part out loud that just came transparent and blatant. And this is the result of it. Well, and this one's personal to me. And you bring up a great point because of my former boss. Um, my, I have a 14 year old son who is gay, recently came out as gay, which I have his permission to talk just, about mm-hmm. this, yeah. by the way. Um, and he didn't want to tell his friends where I worked. Yeah. You know, he, he was like, he was ashamed of where I worked, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Talk about. Selling your soul. I mean, and by the way, Donald Trump, gay friendly, if you will. He appointed the first uh, openly gay member of the cabinet, Rick Grinnell, National Director of Intelligence. I mean, he's a New Yorker. All right. You know, you can't survive in this town if you're uh, if everybody has to be like you. That's not how people are here. And uh, the swamp never, never could see that in him. You know what they they saw a, they saw a big tall guy with blonde hair and they thought he must be a Nazi. He's like, you know, it didn't matter what he did or what he said or who he was. It was a caricature they they were in love with. And here's something, boy, that, you can't look Donald Trump. I said this on TV last night. You can never ever 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 hire anybody from the swamp again. Stephanie Grisham was one of those one of those staffers who goes from politician to politician. You know, just floating around, uh, living off the fat of the land. I, I, I just don't like these types. And here she is trying to say Trump was afraid of Putin and wanted to kill people just like Putin. <laughs> Cut 31. He really admired Putin. And I saw that firsthand. I saw him say to Putin, hey, I'm going to be tough on you in front of the cameras. You understand. And once the cameras are gone, we'll have a real conversation. He said that. He said that. Yeah. Um, that was him going tough on Putin? Well, exactly. Exactly. All right. I think she's getting her stories confused because you know who did that. <laughs> and we all know about it because it happened in public, although Barack Obama didn't know it was happening in public. His microphone was open and he was having a conversation with uh, Dmitry Medvedev, who at that time was, I believe, president of Russia or prime minister. He was like tag teaming with Putin. And and listen, it's hard to hear. You're going to hear the cameras whirling. But listen to him say, this is my last election. I will be more free to say what I want to say after the election. All right? And see if you can make that out. Cut uh, 32. It's my last election, basically. Yeah. After my election, I have more flexibility. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? One more time. Again, this is my last election. I will have more flexibility after the election. Okay, one more time. His, his voice is higher than it normally is. The cameras are having an imp- impact on the on the sound quality. One more time. Cut 32. This is my last election. Yeah. Uh, after my election, I have more flexibility. 
I understand. I will transmit this to Vladimir. <laughs> I'll tell Putin. I understand. You got to be one person in public and another person, uh, you know, uh, when all this is done. When you're done promising things to the people, you can come back to us. There's another one. Uh, Alyssa. Uh, is it? Uh, it's not worth it. These people are they're They're just not worth it. Um. Oh, the Proud Boys guy is still in custody. Now, do me a favor. The FBI, you guys, I know you got some good agents there, but your leadership is totally, totally uh, whacked. What happened to the FBI? You know, it was just the premier name in law enforcement. Now it's the the Federal Bureaucrats Incorporated. Federal Bureau of the Incompetence. Why the hell are you hassling this guy in the morning for Enrique Tario? You know he's never done anything violent. You already sent him for, to prison for what the hell did he do? He burned a Black Lives Matter flag. If only he had, if only he had the good sense to join Black Lives Matter and burn American flags, he would have been fine. So they go to arrest him the other day uh, for January 6th activities, even though he was in Baltimore that day. Watching TV like the rest of us, they say he was orchestrating everything. He was the mastermind. I don't think so. I went through the indictment. I don't think so. But I noticed this. At 5.30 in the morning, they had uh, local Channel 7 News in Miami outside of Enrique Tarrio's house. He was the pr- He's a proud boy. One of the proud boys. I know what you heard. They're not white supremacists. Enrique, by the way, is an Afro-Cuban. And uh, here's the news report of his arrest as it goes down. Cut 35. FBI agents raiding Henry Enrique Torrio's Miami home yesterday. He surrendered without hey, incident. Hey, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. You're playing two bites at the same time. I heard, I heard Barack Obama in the background, okay? Let me just see if you can do that one more time. Do it again, okay? Try it again. I don't know what, just try it again. Try it again. Please. All right, I can hear two things at the same time. Can you? I hear Barack Obama in the background. All right, skip it. But uh, very unprofessional of the FBI or anybody to tell the reporters, oh, we're going to be arresting a guy. You may want to have your cameras out. What a political move. You know, they did the same thing to Roger Stone. And that's not right. Right? One more thing. I've been going tough on Bill Barr because he deserves it. And Bill Barr is another person who betrayed President Trump. And he's like, he can only go so far because he has to survive in the swamp. He's got to think about himself. He can only think about his country, you know, 30% of the time. And he's got to think about himself 70% of the time. Well, here, here's a momentary uh, moment. Uh, there's a moment of honesty from Bill Barr when he talks about the implications of of Joe Biden's presidency. Joe Biden winning? What did that do to the equation with Putin and Ukraine? This is Bill Barr. Swamp Snake, former attorney general, currently selling a book. Cut 25. As soon as Biden won, I thought he would see this as a window of opportunity to grab what he wanted because I think he viewed Biden as weak. And then Biden proceeded with that ugly withdrawal from Afghanistan killing America's energy independence, which really increased Russians' leverage dramatically. And he didn't put in uh, military hardware that would have made Russia think twice. Get it? You got it, right? 
That's what happened. As simple as that. Pretty amazing. If Trump were still president, this would not be happening. I'll be right back. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Leave the Russians alone. I'm talking about the Russians in America. I'm talking about the Russians in New York City. I'm talking about the Russians at the Russian Tea Room. And there aren't that many there, by the way. And there's a Russian, what's that place called? Russian Salamander, Samdavar, some classic Russian restaurant. Guess what? People are giving Russians a hard time in America who had nothing to do with the invasion of Ukraine, who don't like the invasion of Ukraine. But out of ignorance and spite, they're picking on Russian people. And I don't like that. Now, New York One, where I used to work, by the way, uh, had a reporter do a little piece on that and went to this Russian restaurant and uh, listen to what they're going through. Cut 27. Within 24 hours of the invasion, the restaurant was dealt with a steep drop in business, and they faced backlash, including hate mail and phone calls. One of our servers got a call three times yesterday calling us Nazis and fascists and everything like that. So that's that's never nice. But customers like Rita and Igor, originally from Ukraine, came specifically to support the restaurant. Probably a lot of restaurants, Russian restaurants struggling now, but they really don't have anything to do with the government there. They probably need to change their name to Ukrainian Horilka. Von Schatz said it's not the first time he's heard that suggestion, but that changing the name, despite the current challenges, is not an option. It was Russian Samovar before there was a Russian Federation or Ukraine. It was built out of the cloth of the Soviet Union. I keep trying to tell people that just because we have Russian in the name, uh, they've They're vilifying all of us, pretty much, and we're not for the war. We don't want the war. It's a message that customers supporting the restaurant also want to spread. It's it's a war that is horrible. It's something we have to do to support Ukrainians in every way. But targeting Russians in New York is not the way to do it. Makes sense, right? Where's the leadership on this? No word from Joe Biden. No word from anybody, really. New York won. Me? The New York Times, actually, to their credit, ran a little piece on this. Stop hassling Russian people. It wasn't their idea. This is about Putin. This is about Putin. And sometimes I do question, I do question the whole, the whole picture. I'm not sure. I just don't, I, I kind of, kind of want to get over there, to be honest. I really do inhale this stuff, see for myself what's going on. Oh! Here's Trump on that podcast with those uh, those wrestling guys. What are they called again? The Nelk Boys. How do you spell Nelk? N-E-L-K. It's just an acronym for all their names. Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right. So uh, let's see here. Donald Trump met with the Nelk Boys. Uh, Trump cut one. I heard you're becoming quite the DJ here at Mar-a-Lago. I, I, love, I heard you're I, spinning. I, you DJ? Would you believe it? <laughs> I love music. I have an aptitude for what's, music. What type of music? During, you know, over our lives, we take tests and aptitude tests and all this. I've always had a high aptitude for music, but I love great music. So do you actually spin or no, do you, I don't spin, what do you but use? I pick, I pick the ones I like. <laughs> I don't want to spin. I want to pick the ones I what's like. Your, what's your, like, go-to banger on the Well, ox? I have a lot of them. I have a lot of them. You know a song that does get people moving, though? You know, I'll play beautiful. Uh, I love Broadway stuff and, you know, Phantom of the Opera and Les Mis, et cetera. Uh, you know what gets him rocking? Y- YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> He's damn right about that. That is a great song. He started using that during the campaign. Hey, after the break, can we come back with a little YMCA by the Village People? 
Hey, by the way, I know the cowboy from the village people. Really? No, one, no one's impressed. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice guy from North Carolina. All right, I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. You can hang out with all the boys. Get yourself clean. Have a good meal. Now this is the part where he knows what the guy's going through. Great, great song. We're playing it because uh, Donald Trump just said it's uh, one of his very favorites. Talking to the uh, Nelk boys on a very special podcast. And that song is awesome. Um, Unfortunately, the Village Boys broke up. In part, I believe, the lead singer there was the least, uh, was the last one to figure out that this band was uh, very popular in the gay community. And when he found that out, he was kind of traumatized by the whole thing. He really was. It's true. He's not gay, and he didn't really want to have any part of that that part of the equation. He's still alive, very popular singer. You'll notice he does no publicity about this stuff. And he's also now been re-traumatized because, you know, not everybody loves Trump. I don't know how if he's a Trump supporter or not. I try to get him on the show. I talked to his wife. His wife yelled at me for about five minutes and then said no. But um, – Great song. And the village people are great guys, actually. Well, I only know the cowboy. Not the cowboy. Um, yeah, the cowboy. And that's great stuff. All right. The other thing is, uh, oh, it's time for the phones. Let's see. Uh, Mary is in Queens. Yes, Mary? Are you talking about Miriam or Mary? I'm Miriam from Forest Hills. Well, they wrote Mary. Sometimes they, anyway. Hi, Mary. What's up? Miriam, I'm sorry. Called me to Cosby, Cosby the other night on this. Uh, when she thought it was a good idea, she was humoring me. Why are we all wait? Who? What? Who was humoring you? Who was humoring you? Cosby. I didn't say she was. She might have. She was. She thought it was a good idea. She maybe have been polite. Why don't we all email, call the White House, and ask the president to wake up and lower the prices and let's see what's happened to the inflation if he does that? Well, um, I'm actually all for that, and I'm not humoring you. I have last. When the hell was it? Uh, uh, 2020. I wanted everybody. I launched a whole campaign to write members of Congress about the election results. I had grave concerns and I wanted them to investigate. So I'm all for it. And by the way, if you want to call the White House, do it. The number is, I actually still know it, 202-456-1414, 202-456-1414. Let me just verify that. I think I'm a White House switchboard phone is uh yeah 202 oh no no 202-456-1111 202 wait a second what the hell's going on here no that's the fax number sorry i I was half right 202-456-1414 202-456 is that what i said initially 1414 oh i had it right already all right all right I, I'm all for giving him a call. Um, it's not like the old days, though. I mean, it really rang right down the hall from the president. Now it's like, 
some office building in Maryland, I think. Um, and what do you want to what do you want to say again to him, Mary? Well, to uh, Miriam, uh, to lo- to open up the Keystone pipelines and because you know and have the, um, our fuel accessible to us, we shouldn't be buying it from Venezuela, Mexico, any place else. We should be self sufficient. You know, in the old days, they would listen to the people. Now they listen to their donors. They listen to their, their special interests. And I don't see Joe Biden budging on this. But you know what, Miriam? It's your right and as a citizen. And quite frankly, I think it, we have a duty. And thanks for reminding me. I'm going to uh, – I've called lawmakers before. I've left voicemails. I've written letters before. And I think that's important. You feel frustrated. By the way, writing a letter, something magical happens when you write a letter. It does. It's very easy to ignore an email. I never got it. You know, it's not as easy to do with a letter. It exists, and they know who sent it has a copy. Miriam, I think it's worth a shot. Uh, just and go on record. What the hell? Say it. Say it. Let's keep saying it. Mary in Manhattan. Hi, Mary. Are you there? Hi, Craig. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, hi. So, Craig. We are New Yorkers, and we kind of had a, have an attitude that if you leave New York, you're going nowhere. And that's not very nice to the people in the middle of the country. But I wanted to say something. Well, I never now. said that. But nowhere's built. Well, yeah, I mean, I was making fun of Pete. I'm not saying, yeah, Pete, look, yes, I do make fun of the sticks sometimes. But it's not like if you leave Manhattan. Look, there are easier places to live, cheaper places to live, better pl- I mean, I love New York, but man, oh, man, oh, man. Move to Nowheresville and you can have a car and a house and a backyard and a front yard and a pool, all for the price of uh, six roommates in New York City. Anyway, Mary, what else? I wanted to say an interesting fact about uh, Mayor Pete Colton is that you know his father was a um, professor of literature at Notre Dame, and he was the person who translated Antonio, what's his name, Antonio Gramsci's um, writings, you know, the Marxist from Italy, the sadomasochistic uh, philosopher. and Of and course, that, Antonio, Marchi, all that. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. What else? There's this Catholic writer who lived on the same block as Pete and had a child the same age as Pete when they were growing up. Wait, I'm sorry. Sorry. Wait, wait. Who had a same, who had a, who, who grew up on the same street as Pete? Fired, fired from Notre Dame. His name was E. Michael Jones. He, Worked at Notre Dame, and he was anti-abortion. Do me a favor. First things first. Let's call it Notre Dame, okay? Every we're in America. Let's say Notre Dame. Dame. <laughs> and wait, I'm sorry. Who grew up down the block from Pete Buttigieg again, or who was on the block? E. E. Michael Jones. He's a Catholic uh, writer, but historian. Anyway, his kids they lived on the same block, but nobody ever saw Pete. He was always in the house. He didn't play in the street with the other kids. He was always in the house. And it's just uh, like a strange fact. Well, yeah. wait a second. All right, wait. There's a lot to get Pete on. All right, I can't stand the guy. But the guy that the guy didn't play. That the, the guy was inside, you know, doing his thing inside, playing with Legos, reading books. I don't know. That's fine. I'm going to say, hmm. I don't know about this kid. He wasn't playing with the other kids on the block. There's something strange about that. I mean, I'm. I'm you're telling me not to give people who live in the country a hard time. You're, give, you're, you're giving him a hard time for staying inside too much, according to uh, some Italian philosopher you never met. What? No, but he – wait a minute. I know, I know, I know, I know. But no, I mean, what's the takeaway there? What are we but supposed to – The enemy the enemy of the country, his father, introduced 
Gramsci, the degenerate, to the United States. That's all I wanted to say. All right, wait. You mean we would not have found out about this sadomasochistic Italian guy you just told me about if it weren't for Pete Buttigieg's father? <laughs> well, he... <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I'm sorry. Greg, and that's all I have to say. I'll let you go. All right, all right. Hey, wait, 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 Mary, Mary, hold on. You seem like an interesting person. How do you know all this stuff? Because I like to read history, and I like... uh, Well, there's history, and then there's gossip about Pete Buttigieg's uh, basement. I mean, you know, where'd you get that scoop? It's over, because I read E. Michael Jones. He has a... a, a So wait a second. E. Michael Jones wrote about this in his book? No, Culture Wars... Is his site, E. Michael Jones. Now, he says some things that are, that are kind of upsetting to some people, but he's very right on. His research is really right on. But what he's I a want... priest? No, he worked, he worked as a professor at Notre oh, Dame. Oh, my head is spinning. No, wait, wait, I get excited talking about it. I get excited talking to you, Craig, because you're so funny, and I really enjoy your show. I, I never called radio stations until the pandemic. But anyway. Um, oh, who else do you call? Um, I don't like you guys calling other shows, by the way. I just, I, there's something about it. It bothers me. And the first time somebody comes in, I know it's, 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 it's irrational on my part, but I get very jealous. I get very, you know, I don't, I don't like that. So what other shows do you call? No, once I called Rudy Giuliani. Um, but what, what I wanted to You see, I like to, uh, all right, that's, that's, uh, no. About don't tell me that next time. I don't want to know anything else about any Michael. Let's talk about one more thing I want to know about you. Um, uh, no, nah, I think we're good, actually. Don't no, Mary, I mean, um, where are you from originally? Long Island. Oh. Queens, Long Island. Anyway. All right. So, All right. Have a good one. You too now. You too now. It's always a bad sign when the callers hang up on me as opposed to me hanging up. I can't let it go on that long. But I, there's just something, something about her. All right. One more. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hmm, hmm. Dave in New York. Hello. Hey, how's it going, man? You got me rolling today. You know, I'm sitting here. I had a couple of questions to ask you and everything, but what I really want to know, what in the world is a fake businessman? I mean, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah. The, the women on the view who are giving him a hard time. You want to hear that again? It's kind of crazy. Uh, 29, please. 29. I have to ask, why did it take um, an insurrection to get you to quit? It's a great, fair question. Um, I so did, excuse me. What did you believe in his policies? Because you know he was a sexist, misogynist. You heard the the tapes about okay, grabbing yep, women. And I, all that. I sure did. So, come in and treat our country hopefully like a business. But you know he's a fake businessman. I learned that. Yes, she knows I, it did, now. I didn't. <laughs> but you must have known at some point. Sorry well, to interrogate you. He's a good. He's, a, he's worth four billion dollars. Fake businessman. You're right. Laughable. What stupid women on that show. Very stupid, all of them. Um, although I do, I think I, I told you guys, I kind of like Whoopi, even though I don't ag- agree with her on much. And by the way, did she survive that thing or what? Nobody ever even, nobody can remember it. I mean, what the hell is she even in trouble for? Nobody knows. All right, Dave, I'm sorry. What else? Oh, oh well, you know, I, I, um, the show you had with Curtis, I thought that was great. You two, you two guys on the radio had me laughing. I mean, it was really good. Uh, it was a one. It was a one-time thing. I don't co-anchor with anybody. Oh, come on, you guys. You I guys, do my own thing. I work alone. I train alone. No, he's a great guy. <laughs> okay, but that's it. Thing. What? One, okay, one, one more thing. Eric Adams. 
I know mm. you got a beef with him. Mm. You know he's not. Exactly oh, what am I missing? Is he? Uh, tell me, tell me how good he is. Call him out. What do you mean, call him out? I do all the time. I got bored of it. Tell him, hey, come to my place. We're gonna come over here. We're gonna do this radio show. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I, 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 you know, no, it. it no, I don't want to do that. It's too much trouble. It's too much trouble. I don't want to. I mean, no, no, it's not. It's not. It'll probably become physical. I'll probably have to kick his ass. And, you know, it just and then it's a, it becomes very complicated for me legally. And I would probably, you know, I, I just don't want to I don't want to go there. We'll put you between a glass. Of- no, we don't have that kind of arrangement here. It would get very ugly very quickly. And uh, I'm not I'm not going to put myself in that position. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, you know, he'd probably get hurt real bad. And I don't want that to happen. And sometimes I don't even know my own strength. And I just don't want anything. I don't, I, you know, I, I, I can't let that happen. All right. But Dave, good stuff. Thank you, pal. What's my situation? Um, all right. So with that, uh, I will remind you all. Hmm, oh, wait. What am I doing tonight, by the way? I got a big show tonight. Uh, Rick Perry, former governor of Texas, who's also the former energy secretary, will be on. I met him once before. I wonder if he'll remember. He had the biggest belt buckle. Pardon me. He had like this. I mean, those people in Texas with the cowboy boots and the belt buckle and the cowboy hat. It's it, they all do it, and he did it big time. But I want to get to get all this energy stuff straightened out. There's so much fake news floating around. A lot of it's coming from um, uh, Biden himself. And the other thing we'll be working on. Oh yes, a breakdown of. The Black Panther director. Did you hear about this? The guy who directed Black Panther, his name is Kugler, and it looks to me like he wanted to get arrested. He wore a mask. He wore glasses. He handed a very suspicious, weird note to the teller, and um, and he got arrested. And I think he wanted to get arrested. Um, we'll show you that video. And I think, quite frankly, he was trying to racialize something that wasn't racial. Uh, oh, back to that. Uh, podcast that Trump did. Here's cut two, if you don't mind. These are the Nelk boys, who I've never heard of, but it's a hot podcast in the wrestling world. Uh, go ahead. Cut two. You got two. call when you were banned from Twitter. Who gave you that call that said you're no longer allowed? Well, to I don't want to get into it because it's going to end up in litigation, but uh, we they banned the President of the United States yeah. for saying things like I'm saying right now. Good things. Our country would be a lot stronger. They have taken our country to a level of lowness like it's never seen before. We are disrespected. We're laughed at all over the world. Right. And when you think. So anyway, I had uh, hundreds of millions of people on between Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and others. And I went cold turkey. I went from hundreds (laughs) of millions of people. You have a lot, but I had more. No, I know that. Uh, (laughs) Cold turkey. He's a You know what? Somebody called the other day. You know, they say Reagan is the great communicator. Trump trumps Reagan when it comes to communication. I mean, Trump literally talked his way into the White House in a good way. He came out with simple ideas, shared them with people, and people voted for him. (laughs) That's like, how many speeches did he give from June of 2015 to Election Day? Like 400 or something. 400 speeches. No effects, no special effects. 400 Made that man president. It's so awesome, the power of words and the way he delivered those words. 
not scripted, from the heart. And imagine that. You speak unscripted from the heart. Tell people that you care, and you really do care. The people, the people will listen. And it was an amazing thing, and it drives the swamp crazy. Still, they don't want to let it happen again. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Excuse me. My wife brought lunch again today. Marriage is a wonderful institution. But who wants to live in an institution? (laughs) Just kidding. I saw that on The Crown. Uh, Pretty funny line. Prince Philip is going on a round-the-world tour, and he had a little bit too much fun on that, and somebody got up and made a toast and said that. Anyway, can I hear the rest of this thing? It's very good. Um, If we want to hear this podcast in full, Kevin, how do we do it again? It's called the Full Send Podcast. Full Send Podcast on YouTube. Full Send? Like send an email? Correct. What the hell is up with these names? Full Send, Nelk. Uh, well, what no, does that mean? Full send. Well, it's an it's a it's a saying that college students use to commit to something, to do something without hesitation. They say full send to do something without you know hesitation. Oh, no kidding! That's like a slogan I don't know about. Did you say it in college? Yeah, yeah, multiple times. Yeah. Absolutely. How about you, Avery? No, he never heard of it. I never heard of it. I think that's um, I think that's pretty weird. Full send. I don't. All right. Anyway, school that you know. Cut three, please. Do you ever talk to Putin still? No, I haven't spoken to him uh, since, but uh, he was never, ever going to, certainly under the Trump administration. And I say zero chance. I don't say like I don't think zero chance he would have done it. And I spoke to him about it. Zero chance he would have done it. Right. But you have a good. he, He saw the weakness. He saw Afghanistan that the way the incompetence of the withdrawal, the way they did it was so bad. Who advised them to take soldiers out first and leave people behind? And the soldiers were in no danger. We had, again, not one soldier was killed in 18 months, American soldier. Mm-hmm. And when they saw the incompetence, the gross incompetence of that, I believe that uh, Putin was became a different man when he saw that. He viewed the United States differently. He no longer respected the United States. I, a thousand percent. Full send. He's right. Full send. Let me hear uh, one more from this. Uh, this sounds like a great podcast, by the way. Uh, the Full Send podcast with the Nelk boys. Let's wrap up with, uh, oh, here he is on Joe Rogan and Chris Wallace. What's this about? Cut four. Joe Rogan's not a racist. No. Okay. And he's a very people like listening to. Uh, but, you know, they've been hitting him very hard. I did tell him one thing. Stop apologizing. Stop apologizing. No, because I saw I, I thought I saw back in I think during the debate times you said that he should moderate a debate. Yeah, oh, he'd yeah. Be much that, yeah. Well, he's much more talented than Chris Wallace. That'd be great. <laughs> no, he's a much more talented person than just about all of these moderators. Joe Rogan should moderate. An, uh, <laughs> no, I said let Joe Rogan. Uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Chris Wallace was was a total disaster. All right. Almost out of time. I got to go across the street. Get ready for the Newsmax show. We got four people on the line. I'm going to go through them real quick. Novi, what's up? Hi. Yeah, uh, we have to put a bounty on Putin's head. 
a million, put a billion dollars on his head and get the Russians or get, you know, a Brutus or something heroically, the solution is to, um, even if it's on Biden's watch, we have to capture or kill him, dead or alive, a bounty on his head for a billion dollars. All right, Novi, thank you. Mike is in New Jersey. Hello. Uh, hi, Greg. Got no Mike. Uh, this is Mike. Yeah, I have no military real experience. Grew up with a lot of World War II guys, but I, I would suggest that the Ukrainians go and hide and wait for the Russians to come in so you can get nose to nose with them. I think that that's what they're afraid of, and I give it to them. Win, win, win. <laughs> okay. All right, Mike. Thanks for the advice. Uh, uh, Billy is in Manhattan. Oh boy. Yes. Hi, Billy. The U.S. funding biolabs in the Ukraine that are about to be taken over by the Russians? Are they serious? This should be front and center in the news. All right, hold on a second. I've been looking into this myself, and I'm puzzled by it, to be honest. Now, it looks like to me the agreement that was signed a few years ago between America and Ukraine was to dismantle these bio facilities, these bioweapons facilities that were left over from the Soviet era. I am... Still trying to get to the bottom of it. I, I have seen the headlines, and then I looked, and I've seen the documents as well. And the documents, uh, well, number one, it's confusing. But number two, when I get through the confusion and I think I have a handle on what's going on, it's not equating to the headlines. You know what I mean, Billy? Uh, yeah, it got, yeah. it got well, my attention, and I'm going through the documents, and there's a there's a gap between what the headlines say those documents say and what those documents seem to say. So I would be all over it, and I still may be all over it, but uh, I don't. It's not there yet. All right, you got to develop these things. You you, you shoot too soon. Um, you got to have everything in, in, in your ducks in a row first. You know what I mean? Yeah, you'll be on it. We'll look forward to it. Thanks. All right, Billy. Thank you, and thank you. It's time for me to leave. And uh, oh, I just saw a pigeon. I know this is kind of random and trivial, but there's a pigeon right in front of me on the windowsill who has a white head like he mated with a bald eagle. I'm not kidding. I've never seen a pigeon like that. It's really interesting. Regular gray pigeon with the, you know, the, but his head is white. Is that possible? Could a, a two birds of a different different type mate? Maybe. All right. Uh, it's on my Twitter if you want to check it out. At Greg Kelly USA. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you tonight on Newsmax at 7 p.m. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.